Welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and we have one of our favorite guests, Scott Wilson, from uh, the general manager of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, is with us, and they have a, a big uh, announcement. Well, I mean, it's not an announcement, but they're going to let you know about a game they're going to play at the Field of Dreams with the Quad City Riverbends. Welcome program, Scott. Hey, thanks for having me. So tell us about this uh, incredible opportunity to uh, play at the Field of Dreams for your team. So, I mean, I, you know, I guess it's been months in the works and uh, it all kind of started last fall when everybody looked at the schedule and we had a road trip to Quad Cities. But what it meant was both of the Eastern Iowa, you know, professional baseball teams that are here were in Eastern Iowa during the week of the major league game, instead of being out West, I mean, East or, you know, one of those other places. So, it, but it wasn't my game. I'm a road trip. Uh, it was my road trip and the quad cities uh, looked at it and I think they saw it as an opportunity and, you know, I'm glad they asked some questions and then it just kind of kept moving and all of us got, a uh, got involved in a, some discussion and, um, you know, I think the lockout put a little bit of a delay on it because MLB was preoccupied by some other things when we were trying to have those conversations. And then uh, between MLB and the guys uh, up there in New York who run the M- MILB, the Meyer League division of it, uh, they're finally able to get some agreements together. And, um, you know, we're just excited to be a part of this game. I mean, what a what an iconic field. And, you know, you have two teams playing in this game that are – uh, 120 plus years of experience in each of the markets. And um, so obviously the throwback jerseys that attach to the movie and attach to last year's major league game and that whole, uh, just the romanticism of that movie and the throwback that it, it creates uh, are there for us because we have those. I mean, the history's there. I mean, the teams, you know, us going to be the bunnies and then the Davenport blue Sox. I mean, that's like, it's, it, really uh we just couldn't be more excited to be invited to be a part of it well if you don't know the history of the cedar rapids professional baseball the cedar rapids bunnies were the first uh the name of the team wasn't it yeah yeah it sure was and we go back to 1892 i mean 91 when we started that and you know and then the the bunnies and rabbits kind of went back and forth there um those are our first two names and i always comment on this must have been some really intimidating mascots back then you know and, but then i start laughing and look at mr shucks and i go whatever i mean i got a baseball head corn guy now so i mean it's not like mascots are in baseball are intimidating they're supposed to attach to children and i'm sure the buddies and rabbits did a great job of that back then so so what is the what is the quad city river bandits uniform and, and uh moniker going to be for this game so it's Davenport. I think it's the blue, the blue socks, and we have not seen a piece of the uniform. Now, knowing this is what everybody kind of needs to understand about this. So this game used to, I mean, it would have been Quad Cities game, but Major League Baseball came in, sort of purchases the game from Quad Cities, so that they take over and run the entire game. So that way, they can do it at the neutral site that they own. Or I'm sorry, that they run in conjunction with the folks there at the movie site. Uh, they have a rental agreement pieces to do that. So, uh, Quad Cities and I have not seen anything but a picture of what our hats might look like. Theirs was blue with a white D on it. You know, ours was uh, black with a. Uh, white CR on it. You know, those are the kind of things like just back in those days. So uh, it's, it, we don't really know any more than that. Um, 
uh, according to the uniforms. I can tell you that our uniform back in that time was a was a pinstripes kind of gray with a you know black or blue pinstripe sort of piece on it. And um, there's uh, if I was trying to match the hat, would say it'd be like royal blue, but. Um, we'll see. And so MLB is going to run all of that merchandise. MLB is going to run all the uniforms. Um, MLB is running all the ticketing, which is not yet available. I mean, I, when they came out with that press release, that's where I just think MLB had a terrific opportunity to, you know, have people buying tickets already. But uh, they weren't ready for that. But there's going to be three to four more announcement pieces coming up. So that we're going to continue to build the excitement of this game all the way up until, uh, you know, August 9th when we play it. So you play August 9th, and I believe two days later, is it the Reds and the Cubs going to play? Yep, August 11th. That's when they they will play uh, the Major League game on the field. Um, I don't have any idea what the Wednesday in between is. I, you know, if I was crossing my uh, arms and fingers, I would say hopefully it's held as a rain date for our game because – you know what? I'd, I'd hate to miss the one opportunity we get a chance, but there's a you know maybe there's something else there, and I think that it allows MLB to continue to work with the local communities there, and you know sort of build an entire week that is uh, around um, really all of the you know events that are going on there. The major league event, you have a minor league event, you know, get something going on in the town and the in between. Keep the people there for a couple of days. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of other opportunities, I think, to develop this and make this a real spectacle rather than a one night event. Yeah. Uh, we talked to a, a guy named Roman, uh, I can't remember yep. his last name, but he runs the go the distance there. Yep. And they, yep. they, they yep. told us all the preparations that they've been making the hotels and, the, you know, just all the gosh, that just creating that field was a several month process, uh, uh, last time that they did it. So there's a lot going into it, but I would imagine now is this, I wonder if you, you know, if they're going to have something the night after you play and then it could be, you could come in for three nights and get three games. And, uh, but, uh, uh, and you don't, I was going to ask you about the tickets. Now, uh, are the tickets just going to be available to whoever wants to buy them or is there going to be a ration system or is it going to be, you know, No, I I think that their goal is to sell the place out and, you know, on a minor league game, if you had the same seating that they had last year for the major league game, it got close to 8,000. Uh, boy, that'd be that'd be a fun crowd for our boys to be able to play in front of. I don't know what that will look like, um, but uh, um, I think that MLB, when they put them out, they'll be general public sales tickets. I mean, there's not going to be as hard to get as they were for the MLBs. There won't be a lottery system. There won't be all of that kind of stuff. I mean, MLB plans to try to make these as available as possible and sell this game out. Well, I mean, everyone I know wanted to go to the last game, but uh, only one person I knew was able to get tickets, you know. So maybe this is a great way to get a little piece of this uh, magic that's up there at the Field of Dreams without, uh, you know, thousands of dollar tickets and, you know, and without uh, making it difficult to get to, too. I think that's one of the main reasons that, you know, they, they were looking at a minor league game because you're absolutely right. You get to go there, you get to watch a professional baseball game at the iconic field. It's going to be very similar to the way they run all of the major league event that is there. And, um, and yet you're not going to pay the – astronomical prices that you know the major leagues came out to be and um, i just think in the end this is this is going to be a great opportunity for the baseball fans in eastern iowa to have a one-off outing uh, to be able to do there that's why i said it's kind of like you know 
taking a trip to Disney World. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, it's something you have to pop on the calendar. You have to plan around, be able to do that. It's probably, it's, it's more expensive than what your average night at one of our ballparks, I'm sure. Uh, but um, the experience there, the memories that, you know, we at baseball like to continue to build and do, they're all there. I mean, then it's going to be fun. So, so. is there going to be some uh, television coverage of this game? Um, I think Major League Baseball is working on the possibility of that, not just on the MILB TV app, but maybe something a little different. Um, but again, we're not involved in any of that, those those situations so um i think they you know we have been told that um our broadcaster will not be broadcasting it that they will so i know that it'll be out i just don't know if it'll be tv and radio or streaming and, and how all it'll be done well so you, you got this fantastic team that we're just about to talk about and they got a big homestand coming up but uh, i want to hear about some of the reactions how did some of the players and some of the coaches and maybe some of the, the staff and the fans what kind of feedback are you getting about this tremendous opportunity yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, the coaches are excited, um, and here's the difference, and the players, um, a bunch of them were super excited, then they paused for a moment, because keep in mind, this is minor league baseball, where they're not sure they want to still be here in August, they would probably rather be in Wichita, promoted to double A by that point in time, for some of the guys, so it's a real terror for them, like, do I want to be here and play in that game? Yes. Do I want to... You know, also uh, be promoted to Wichita and moving my career along. Yes. So, uh, you know, but the coaches are excited because they're going to be here no matter what. So uh, they, you know, they couldn't be more excited about the opportunity. They think it'll be pretty special. Most of when you look at it to uh, coaching staff, if you've got a couple of guys who are just a little bit older than the players, at least. They probably have seen the movie, more appreciative of it, whereas a lot of these young players, it's amazing to me how many of them, you know, kind of heard of the movie but really haven't seen it yet Um, because I I keep reminding them that once you play on the field or if you just visit the field, which our team has done often on a trip uh, up to Wisconsin, uh, oftentimes the bus will make a side trip and, and drop the guys, play a little catch, you know, take a little break and then head the rest of the way up to Wisconsin. And um, the teams who have done that, they really appreciate it. And then you get out there and you watch the movie and you go, I was there, you know, kind of played catch on that field for the movie aspect. And then now just beyond the cornfield, you're playing an actual game in a beautiful you know, ballpark that uh, was designed um, to make it really special. So I think that's what the guy's reaction was. It's just really challenging for them uh, because obviously, as you pointed out, the team is they're just playing tremendous. So a lot of them are like, I think excited about what might be their next step here in another month or so. And, and uh, that will mean they won't be here in August and they'll probably be really happy for the people who do get to play on it. But uh, in the same realm, they, they want to keep their career moving. So, well, you know, as a, as a minor league affiliate, uh, the Minnesota twins or whatever team you get, you're not really uh, in control of the players that you get. The, Minnesota Twins must have done an unbelievable job in drafting and signing players because they sent you a, a fantastic team. Now, as, as a someone who's followed the Midwest League for 40 years, you know, if I have a team that's got a, a, some speed, I'm really happy. If I have a team that has some starting pitchers that are good, I'm really happy. You know, if they can hit, I'm really happy. If they can play defense, I'm really happy. But you seem to be able to do all of this. Uh, we're very fortunate. Yep. We definitely, the twins right now have a tremendously strong, um, farm system. Uh, I think the, in the end, what happens is, 
you know, they get up there and the, either the twins can't afford them at the top or they're, you know, a lot of these guys end up becoming, you know, trade bait for trying to get the other things that we said they think they need up in Minnesota, which is awesome. And in our realm, you remember when the big club doesn't perform quite as well, we get a higher draft pick. So that's who we get to see in the first year or two. So kind of a, you know, and, and it's a toss up for me. I want the top team to be successful, but if I do that, then my draft picks are lower and, you know, and I don't end up seeing, you know, some of those same guys coming through, but we had 18 guys return to this team this year that uh, they're just absolutely, they were ready. They already, they were gelling, you know, as a team, they got a full spring training in. Remember this year too, that was different from the past couple of years. One in 21, they didn't play. And then 21, they had an abbreviated uh, spring training. So I think this team came in more ready uh, to be, you know, sort of just powerful. And um, yeah, we, we absolutely have great starting pitching back from last year who took us to the, the finals in the playoffs. And they've they've taken off right you know where they left off and it's it's uh it's been fun to watch we've got some new hitters you know i mean christian and carcion strand on opening night had uh nine rbis so an opening weekend had 14 so um it's insane to think about that but he hit a grand slam and a three-run homer in the on opening night plus a uh, two run RBI or two RBI double. And it was like, so it was just, it's amazing to think about those kind of situations uh, that are happening here in April. Cause of a, a lot of the times April baseball is a lot different than what you see in later. Cause guys are still trying to figure it out. They're still trying to find the zone. They're still trying to get their swing, right. But uh, everybody here just came in ready to play. And um, yeah, you pointed out the speed. We, we definitely have, a speedy outfield and those, uh, those guys can run the bases and um, the pitch clock that is the, you know, one of the uh, adaptations this year, new rules they put in has sort of uh, adjusted the lead to more, more stolen bases, which is fun, but, and that was the premise of part of it. <clears throat> the other part of it was to speed up games, which it has done. And, uh, but on the stolen base aspect <clears throat> and the speed of our team, Here's where that works out. A pitcher can throw over to the base twice during uh, an at-bat and not be penalized in any way because each one of those times that he throws over resets the pitch clock. And the whole point of the pitch clock is to speed the games along. So if he throws over a third time or the catcher comes out in front of home plate and basically disengages uh, that pitch to give signals or anything, if that third disengagement doesn't result in an out, it's a balk. And it moves the bat, I mean, the entire runner over. So um, it's not just a ball. It's not a small penalty. I mean, that's that's huge. And so in our in our world, uh, pitchers, if they throw over twice during an at-bat, I promise you the next pitch they're probably stealing. I've watched it on every team in this league because they know that that guy's not going to come back to that base a third time and not get that out and, you know, move him over on a box. So uh, it's like, it's, it's been interesting to watch some of the strategy that he evolved because of that. And then the quickness of games. I mean, here we are in April, normally in April, we'll play three and a half hour games just from pitching's not great. Uh, you got a lot of pitching changes. Uh, you know, people are only going, starters are going four to five innings and then you get, you know, inning or two out of each bullpen guy. So it just ends up lengthening the games. And the longest game that we have played so far this year has been uh, 245 and we're averaging around 220 at home. And um, so we've cut, almost a solid hour off of what April games would be. And if we maintain this pace 
that'll end up saving us about 40 minutes over the what we played all last year in games. We were just over or right at three hours a game last year. Well, that is a that is a tremendous speed up. Now, how is the how are the are the fans enjoying the the faster pace game? You know what we see is that fans stay for the whole game, which is what part of it was too. Is that we we found that uh, especially in April and May when school's still in session, uh, a lot of the families have to leave in like the seventh inning, get home. You know, it's time for bed, that kind of scenario. When we're starting a six thirty game, but at this point in time, we our games have been ending before nine o'clock. And um, so everybody is able to stay, you know, for the majority of the game and get to see that, which uh, obviously has been fun because we've had three walk-offs. So, I mean, you got to see the whole game in order to see that. Yeah. You have some power on this team. I've been listening to some games on the radio and you're hitting a lot of home runs. You're stealing a lot of bases. Uh, talk to me some of the guys on the team that do have, that can put the bat. The ball out of the park. Yeah, so um, our leadoff hitter, Anthony Prado, I think has two home runs already this year, which is really interesting. You know, from a leadoff hitter's perspective, we want, you know, average and get him on base type scenario. Uh, Christian Incarcion Strand has, has uh, I think, five home runs. Aaron Sabato, uh, another guy who was back from last year, um, has power. Jair Camargo, one of our catchers, has power. Um, so, I mean, there's four guys in the lineup, um, and, uh, that I know that any point in time when you got, gosh, you know, you're, you're looking at, uh, Seth Gray as well in there. So those four guys, you can't pitch around them. You, you just don't know. I mean, and you know, some, some are lefties and some are right. I mean, it's, you can't change your pitching based on that. It's, it's really interesting to watch. And, um, these guys have been hitting home runs and, um, some of it, I will tell you, uh, the home run leaves the ball a lot faster or leaves the park a lot faster when we have a 30 mile an hour wind blowing out, but uh, <laughs> there's still plenty of power in these guys and the bat speed. It's fun to sit in the press box, sit next to track man and have, you know, guy up there tell you, you know, we're like, Hey, you know, what was the estimated distance on that one? Cause it gives you that, you know, where are we at on bat speed? He goes exit velocity on that one was, you know, 104 and it's like 108. And I'm like, geez, you know, I mean, it's just tremendous uh, power coming off the bats there. And, uh, you know, when you have speed and uh, and timely hitting, which has been great for a lot of these games, um, you're we're going to win a lot of games. And, you know, as we stand right now, uh, this you know, this team at this point in time of this interview is 15 and three with the best record in minor league baseball. So um, that's pretty impressive. And we come home for uh, May, which um, I, we've always been a better home team playing in front of the home crowds. And uh, I think, you know, going home to their host families, having regularity for the guys here has been good. We have 18 home games during this month of May. We have three six game home stands with just one week where we're on the road there in the middle. And um, so guys are excited to get back home. I think, uh, and it, I just, that's going to be fun. Fun month of May here at home, 18 games at home. And uh, hopefully mother nature gives us a few degrees warmer or at least a little less wind. And uh, I'll take any combination of that. You've been uh, on a, a bit of a road trip. You're calling me from Beloit, aren't you? Uh, I'm actually not with the team. So I'm, I'm in Cedar Rapids right now. Oh, yes. yep. But the but, team's in Beloit uh, tonight. Yep. They're in Beloit for the week. Yep. And they're looking forward to coming for some home cooking. Uh, yep. you, you, uh, you couldn't win that many games without some pretty outstanding pitching and not just, you know, a couple guys at the top of the rotation that are good. I mean, you, you, uh, you're winning the one through five battle here. Uh, yeah. It's, um, every single one, like, you know, so Mooney and Sawyer 
uh, Gibson Long, and who else is back? Uh, Legumina, all back from la- those three starters back from last year. Hedrick and Cade Povich, uh, two new guys that are in, um, are just been outstanding. You know, I think uh, Cade Povich is going to go into uh, the top prospects uh, card set because uh, we think so- he's somebody who's going to really, you know, keep moving along in the pitching world. But I mean, these guys. We got our third shutout uh, last night, um, uh, and it's just you know that's fun to watch. I mean, that means your bullpen stepping up too. We have return guys in the bullpen who've been around a year or two, <clears throat> and you know are waiting <clears throat> for their next chance. But I mean, they're performing just outstanding for us. I mean, I, uh, if if we don't have the lowest, it was really close the last time I checked to having the lowest ERA in the league. Obviously, that with the highest batting average is going to win you some games, and that's where we were right now. Well, let's uh, let's just uh, I'm going to pitch a scenario to you. The weather warms up, the hot dogs are all nice and warm and toasty. Uh, what's some of the the games we want to put on the calendar for a promotion or for maybe to see a, a, a real high ranked player come into town or you know some combination of that. Yeah. So in May, we finally get back to doing some of our uh, noon games. So it takes a bit. We go all the way to May 25th, is, but that's our first noon game. And uh, I know everybody's got that one on the calendar because we didn't have any day games last year minus our Sundays. And um, so we're really excited about getting back to having a noon game on there like that. But you're going to see our fireworks fire up uh, each Saturday night. Um, here we have uh, a Star Wars promotion that is uh, May 20th. So, I mean, that's always a fun one to get out here when all the characters from Star Wars are, you know, on site. I mean, it's just, it's a blast. So, um, and every weekend now, you start to find more and more uh, pieces that are coming in. This homestand um, that we're home for starting on the 3rd of May through, we end up having a Bark in the Park night on our Wednesdays. Uh, We have... um, a uh, baseball card set giveaway on Sunday, May 22nd, which is early in the year for the baseball card set. We've tried to push that earlier every year because as you collectors and great fans of baseball know, these guys start moving. And I want the guys to still be here to sign the cards the days that we give them out. So we take our pictures during the very first uh, set of games and get them turned in and here as much as we can. So, I mean, that's that's what we're really looking forward to, um, you know, in our world. So, I mean, those are those are some of the things coming up. I mean, uh, we're, you'll just see every weekend now we're going to have uh, promotions and everything going on. April is one of those months where it doesn't matter what you do. Mother Nature is going to fight you the whole way. So we always kind of wait to start all of our giveaways and um, everything uh, here in, in May and uh, then get to the noon games. And then, you know, I, I love Bark in the Park nights. We get about 70 dogs out here on a Wednesday night. They're just hanging out. It's 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 a ton of fun. So uh, let's talk about some fun things for kids to do at your park. Sure. So in our world, we have, uh, gosh, um, our kids zone um, out at the uh, jumper area is a one price, all you can jump, all night type ticket. It's a $10 ticket. You can buy individual and do one, one time down the 30 foot slide, one time through the obstacle course or one jumper or, you know, one time hitting the T-ball or that kind of stuff. But with four to five options out there, um, if you do every one of them, even one time, you're five to six dollars, you know, in on those kind of scenarios with we get families who come back and then all of a sudden they're just like, just give me the ten dollar wristband. And the kids can, you know, be out there jumping for, you know, the, the two 
we open an hour early. So there's three hours of open time that the kids zone is open. Uh, also kind of fun stuff. Uh, you know, just our ballpark is open and airy and it, it's inviting. There's a grass hill that still gets a lot of good foul balls that it's just the amount of kids that hang out there with their baseball gloves on their hands. Think about, you know, the nostalgia that that goes back to and every kid who's always done that. And, you know, all the dads and grandpas and moms and, and grandmas who are here too, that used to stand out on the hill and wait for a foul ball to come your way or get tossed up onto the hill. It's just a, a blast on that. And then uh, we just have a couple of the fun games that actually I, I, I'd say they're kid games, but I, I find adults playing them just as much uh, games of chance that are like the dollar wheel. You're going to win every time. I just don't know what you're going to win. You get to spin. And then we also have, the old throwback Plinko board uh, where you get five chips for $5 and you let them drop. You can win uh, pops or beers and, and I mean, or so drinks and popcorn and, you know, and all kinds of fun stuff on those kind of things. But yeah, there's, it's a, it's a fun atmosphere, carnival atmosphere here at the ball games every night. Well, I dropped my grandson off at the kid zone one time. And then I don't know about every 45 minutes, he'd come back and want some money for a drink and then go right back to the fun zone. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, he he uh, he had a great time. And I think that's a tremendous uh, uh, addition. You also uh, have some uh, players that come out to sign autographs uh, prior to the game or you had in the past. Yeah, that's on Sundays after the games. We we normally had done that up until pandemic and uh, the the covid rules that uh, they're put out by mlb haven't allowed us to get back to that yet but i think we're getting really close uh we're having a community day that the twins are driving uh may 9th where we're out in the community just kind of all over the place and um uh so i think in the end um we're going to get back to on-field autographs here very soon is the, the way I would put it compared to like not having them for the past three years. And um, I'm, I'm excited about that. We have gotten back to being able to at least get on the field, play catch and run the bases on Sundays. Love that. Uh, it's been packed. Uh, just, you know, families galore that come down and, and take advantage of that after our Sunday afternoon games. And uh, I can't wait to get the players back out in the outfield and just uh, signing some autographs while, uh, while we're doing that. And um, they, they want to, um, but we're just trying to follow the rules at this point in time. And, uh, but uh, I think uh, very soon we're going to see those change. Well, that is a tremendous opportunity. It's, it's just a neat little interaction that uh, the, the, the fans get to have. Well, as often happens when we talk about baseball, the time blows by real quick. We've got a couple minutes left. Now, I remember one time I was there for a, maybe it was an all-star game or something that you had, and Rob Dibble was there signing some yep. autographs along with some of the all-star players. I remember I got uh, Fernando Valenzuela's son to sign an autograph for me. Is there any uh, special people coming uh, that, that you've got lined up for this season? We don't have any lined up right now, but we're always working throughout the year, obviously with our, our twin cohorts and the connections they have up there and the guys who've just been around there. We've had Tony Oliva and Rod Carew here before, and um, you know, there's always opportunities possibly throughout the year if they're coming down for visits that, uh, that we get them for a night of autographs. But we don't have anything lined up right now. Well, all I can say is you're going to keep playing like this. You're going to have to keep a couple fire trucks in the parking lot. Your team is on fire, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You could use uh, the song Fireman from George Strait as the theme for this year. There you go. The boys would love that. (laughs) I got a minute and a half left. Anything you want to talk about or or throw out there to the listeners? 
you know, um, no, I'm just, uh, I appreciate uh, having these conversations with you and I hope that, uh, we get to continue to talk baseball for the summer. And I hope that, uh, you know, throughout this time, um, we're sharing the successes that are happening in the growth in minor league baseball, that everybody's getting back to normal. That's the, that's the real goal here is that, you know, to keep talking about minor league baseball and get it back to where we were in 2019 before none of us can really remember what was going on. I mean, before that, so. Well, if you need an official podcast host for this exciting trip to the Field of Dreams, I'd like to volunteer my services. Absolutely. I've gotten several emails about volunteers at this point, and I keep reminding people, I have zero to do with this. I'll be purchasing my ticket along with all of you. Oh, so, really? It's, it's yeah. like that, huh? Yep. Well, It's Major League Baseball organized and run, so I don't know that there will be you well, know anybody getting comp tickets minus the players on their passes. Well, I can't wait to uh, – I just can't wait to see the game. I mean, I just – it's a I, tremendous opportunity for all of Major League Baseball – or all of Minor League Baseball. And for yep. anybody that's, you know, ever had the dream to play uh, in professional baseball. But uh, you are chosen uh, to represent all of Minor League Baseball, and I hope you guys go up there, conduct yourself in a manner that uh, that really benefits uh, Minor League Baseball and, and – uh, uh, brings more people to the park in general. Absolutely. Well, I hope uh, I hope as well, and I hope that it's an entertaining game, much like last year's Major League game. Well, we sure we, – our guest, uh, Scott Wilson, the general manager of the Cedar Rapid Colonels, uh, uh, anytime you got anything you want to put out, uh, our listeners, we're, you, you always get really good numbers, and uh, all the baseball stuff kind of is picking up. So we appreciate you. Thanks for being on the show. You bet. This Thank has been – Round Guy Radio with news you can use that don't give you the blues. And thanks for listening.